Welcome, thank you so much for joining us for another one of our online services here at Westmount Church. For those of you who may not know me, my name is Nathan, it's awesome to have you join us today and I wanted to personally welcome you to the Smoke and Noggin. I don't know if you can see behind me, but it is smoky, you can even taste it. And sometimes when it gets this bad, it gets some of us down and that's okay. But when we're feeling down, it's important to have people around us to support us and lift us up and because of that, we're strongly recommending that people get involved into our gatherings that are meeting every week. We meet across the valley and we come together to worship and to pray with one another and support each other. So if you're not involved in one of those and you want to, you can let us know either by sending an email to, West, to connect at westmountchurch.com or going to our website and letting us know at the connect tab there and we'd be happy to get you involved in one of those gatherings because exciting things happen in those especially this week where we're coming together at 9 30 on sunday at 1425 mccurdy road east for a pancake breakfast and man i'm excited for pancakes so if you're watching this before sunday come on join us it's going to be great we're going to have worship and a time of fellowship and we're going to pray together and it will be incredible and if you're watching this after Sunday, you know what, that's okay. We are just so happy that you're joining us for this online service now. So, in light of that, why don't we take a moment to pray and get our hearts centered for the sermon that we're about to hear. So would you pray with me now? So Father, I thank you for your love for us. Jesus, that you would even come to earth to die to set us free. They give us your Holy Spirit and to lead and guide us. We just pray that you would be speaking to us now. You're showing us how to live in accordance to your will, God. Would you speak to us now and show us that truth in this sermon? We pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, guys. Hi, Westmount. Good to be with you again. Uh, as you know, we've been on a bit of a road trip and road trip. that's good marriage counseling in itself to just be in this box and try to work through things, whether it be directions, where we're going, where we're staying, you know, it's been fun to <laughs> say the least. Uh, and the first couple of days are a bit of a transition for sure in anything, but you push through and then you start enjoying deeper things and you kind of yeah. get in the same groove and it's been a lot of fun. So one thing you know about me is I don't watch TV rarely true true but on this trip i adapted I watch somewhat more. and we agreed on watching survivor i, I know i've never watched <laughs> the show crazy and i thought man isn't life getting through covid roger a bit like survivor for all of us number one okay but then as i started understanding the strategy and concept behind it there were so many things that were flooding my own heart but number one roger was like what would be the one thing that you would take on survivor and you're like, never to take mind one item you're allowed to take one item never mind i know the bible i know she'd take her bible and it's true yeah and so even this morning as uh before Roger sent me the notes on what we're going to talk about. I mean, we've had lots of fellowship and intimacy around dinners, about talking about the Lord. And I'm, I'm really thankful that I have a husband who really encourages me to keep pressing in. He never, he loves it. And sometimes I think, don't you get sick of me talking about Jesus all the time? But, and I mean that genuinely, yeah. that I can be a bit extreme. But in this time, even this morning, I got out my Bible. And so I want to say this to you fresh this morning, it, is that 
I have no notes. I have no notes. I just have the Bible and I just want to enter into a conversation with Roger. And so that I can just use my little slingshot here to give what all I have based on what the Spirit will reveal at this time. And I think it's not with wisdom or eloquence, but it's with the demonstration of the power of the Spirit that's all wise and all knowing. And it's His Word that comes alive in us. So as we enter into that this morning, I just want to be fresh and honest and real with that. Yeah, and I do have notes. Also want to be real. <laughs> but why don't we pray as we get going here? So Father, I just pray you would give us wisdom and revelation mm -hmm. to speak your word to your people. Pray you would give us insight and that you would lay on each of our hearts what it is you're speaking to us. Mm -hmm. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, as we've been traveling, uh, we've been using this thing called Google a lot. We've been using our iPhones for everything. I mean, we've been using it for directions. Carrie's been uh, on her bike and uh, she doesn't know where she's biking. So she has the Google directions on is telling her, make a right here, make a left here, but she keeps getting lost anyway. But we've been using it to make hotel reservations. We've been using it for basically everything. I mean, we have all the information of the internet available on these, uh, these little devices. Uh, but even though we have all that information, what we want to talk to you about is something different, something completely different. Because there's a lot of answer, a lot of questions that Google can't answer. Like Google can't answer, how do I, how do I improve my marriage? Mm -hmm. How do I love my wife more? Uh, how do I become a better husband? Or how should I treat others? Or how can I honor the Lord with the rest of my life? Or even questions about raising children. Mm -hmm. Even as we were watching a few documentaries, true documentaries where um, a teenage boy was left in his room for a year and mastered this whole drug dynasty. Hmm. And his parents never entered his room for over a year or two years. And I thought, man, it doesn't matter to me what society's saying. It matters to me what the Lord's asking of us and for our children and for our grandkids. And, and their bedrooms are their kingdoms. Yeah. And so when we enter in there, we don't go in there nagging or saying we need to clean up. We just need to go in once in a while, I think, and just lay on the bed. Like I was saying to Roger, as a dad, if you just laid on your son's bed and said, hey, I had a stressful day at work today, but you know, I, I took some time to talk to the Lord a bit. Like, do, wouldn't your son be like, you okay, dad? Like, you okay? But, and even the other show was saying how much kids really just want to be part of our lives. And I think in part of our isolation, our busyness and women being in the workplace, yeah. we've lost just that essence of how are you doing? And if in our family, if you just say, okay, that is a non-answer in our family. True? Yeah, true. You have to actually start with a numeric value, one to 10, you can't be zero because you'd be dead. Yeah. And then elaborate on a high and a low, which I know we've been doing as a church. Yeah. See, we need more than just information as we live our lives, especially if we want to live our lives rightly before God. Yeah. It requires more than just human understanding. It requires biblical wisdom. Mm -hmm. Uh, Solomon tells, scripture tells us, 
would become the wisest man that ever lived. And that's so interesting because we've been going through the life of David and the life of Solomon. And Solomon, his understanding was like beyond measure, right? Like he has people visiting him from distant lands, like the Queen of Sheba's traveling thousands of miles all the way up to Jerusalem just to hear about the, the wisdom of Solomon and to see if all the stories she's heard about him are true. I mean, just how good a ruler he was. He wrote 3,000 proverbs, composed over a thousand songs. In fact, he also authored three books of the Bible. Proverbs, Song of Songs, which I know is Carrie's favorite. <laughs> I'm just saying. And, and, and also Ecclesiastes, which we're gonna be going into this week. But the question is, how was Solomon able to gain such amazing wisdom? Mm -hmm. And I want to tell you this, it, it, it began with worship. It began with worship. You see, back when David was giving uh, Solomon the throne, uh, David had some words for him, even as he's sort of on his deathbed. And almost the last part of David's life is all about the temple, like chapter after chapter after chapter about how they're supposed to set up the temple and how the worship is supposed to happen. The worship of God is just chapter after chapter of, about worshiping the Lord. And, and David says this to Solomon, 1 Chronicles 28, verse 9, And you, my son Solomon, Acknowledge the God of your father, my God. You know, David saying, my God. Acknowledge my God and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. You know, because you want to, Solomon. Because you're willing to. Not because you have to, but because you're willing to. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. It's a promise to all of us. David's saying to Solomon, if you seek him, he'll be found by you. But if you forsake him, he'll, he'll also reject you forever. And so David's giving this, this handoff to Solomon. And we've been talking about that, hey babe? Mm -hmm. And so this is a public display of passing the torch. David, just to put it into context, he's 70 years old. He's very weak and very feeble. He can't even, in his body, he can't stay warm any longer. And it says that it talks about this also in 1 Kings um, and 2nd Sam, Samuel as well. But in this moment, from chapters 23 and Chronicles to 28, it lists all the different leaders that David's brought into this. So remember in Jerusalem, he's got, now he's got Levites, priests, he's got the officials, he's got military guards in there, he's got the palace administrators, he's got every single person that has a place to see this public display to his son, to admonish his son. And then you can just imagine Solomon, who, who they say would be about 18 to 19 at this time, taking in these words in front of his dad, this intimate, and it says he rose to his feet. So he's feeble, but look at the honor he's giving his son. And I don't want us to miss this because of those two things he says. He goes, I want you to serve my God. But he says this, as Roger said, wholehearted. Yeah and a willing mind because yeah. so often we put them together but it's not yeah. see the wholehearted desires come from my heart but my mind is where i get deceived and and so then then all of a sudden i start listening and my emotions override or my own thoughts and my own and this is where pride sets in yeah. because the humility of a heart says okay lord you know and then he goes on to say be strong and do the work 
Hmm. And and you can you can parallel yeah. the passages because he goes on to say, "Be strong and courageous, and show yourself to be a man, Solomon." Do have you heard that those words before? That's God speaking to Joshua. Hmm. Be strong and be courageous and meditate on my word. But then there's this aspect of doing because so often we're like, okay, yeah, I got all the wisdom in the world. I know everything. But then the Lord's saying, I want you to do this. And so then he's handing off this beautiful, these detailed, given by the spirit, words of the sanctuary to, that will be a temple. That's this right. holy moment. That's right. So. Solomon follows in his father's footsteps. I mean, worship was most important to David. David was planning the temple the whole end of his life. He's getting the priests and the Levites ready to start serving again, and he's getting all the materials together, and, and he's telling everyone about the plans for the temple. I mean, that's what David's heart was. And so when Solomon becomes king, that's the first thing Solomon does too, is he goes to a place called Gibeon to worship. And you might wonder, why did he go to Gibeon? Because the ark was in Jerusalem. Because remember, David brought the ark up to Jerusalem, but, but still there was no temple there. And so the altar of the Lord was still in Gibeon because the temple hadn't been built yet. So that's still where people are offering sacrifices. And Solomon goes down to Gibeon just to worship God. And he, he offers a thousand burnt offerings. Can you imagine? thousand like that would take a long time that would be like a long day offering a thousand burnt offerings and his whole desire here is to worship to worship and you know what's so beautiful about that is as i was studying this when david handed that off in front of everyone before he's dead so he he's passed now and solomon's up there doing this you know where he learned this David, after he passed those plans to Solomon, said, be strong and courageous, he worshipped and he offered a thousand offerings. And it says a thousand bulls, a thousand lambs, a thousand fellowship offerings. Mm -hmm. So this is where the father to the son, like I saw my dad worship like this. Like it was crazy. And then David says this prayer. He says, yours, O Lord. Like here's yeah. King David, my dad, yeah. just gave this all to me. And now he's worshiping God. And a thousand upon a thousand upon a thousand, he says, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everlasting. And he says, yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. Now imagine that statement. But dad, the kingdom you just gave, no. Oh Lord, yours is the kingdom. He says, wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. Can you imagine this place? so cut to the heart that the king who's in charge is saying no it's you yeah. and so it's from your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength and now our god we give thanks to you and we praise your glorious name and it's in that moment and that's often where we get that song yours is the glory and yours is the power but david is showing solomon and so solomon's following in his footsteps to say you know that ache in your heart my dad's gone now and i feel so unqualified and he told me to be strong and how am I going to be strong but he goes up there and he's like well I know this I know how to worship mm -hmm. and just we're staying here all day a thousand one another two we give you glory three sing it praise praise and bring in the harps bring in the trumpets and that day would have been like okay yeah. and then that night he goes to sleep but just before we get there Parents, do you think your kids watch you? Mm -hmm. Grandparents, do 
you think your kids are watching what you're doing and what's important to you and how much you love and honor God? I just want to say 100%. So much. More than that, can I just encourage you? That maybe the enemy's deceived you and you feel like you're just under this condemnation or I failed this, Carrie. Like, I'm not you or Roger. Just I just bind that in the name of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And I say, you, nothing is lost today. You just step in. Maybe you need to text them or write them and just mm -hmm. say, hey, the Spirit of God is speaking to me. Mm -hmm. And, and I love you and I've done things wrong, but right now I just want to start getting God as priority yeah. in my own life. And so that's what Solomon does. David had just said, as I read already, if you seek him, the Lord, if you seek the Lord, he will be found by you. Mm. It's like a promise Amen. that David's giving Solomon. And guess what? Like Solomon says, okay, I'm gonna seek God. He goes up, he worships, he offers thousand burnt offerings and the Lord shows up. Like the Lord loves to reveal himself to us. Mm -hmm. He loves to show up. Mm -hmm. So Lord, the, Solomon's chasing after God and God shows up and he appears to him because of his wholehearted devotion, because he, he wants to honor God, because the Lord's looking and judges the thoughts of the heart and so God shows up and makes this amazing offer and I'm gonna read it it's 2nd Chronicles 1 verses 7 to 12 and this is the offer the Lord makes to Solomon because Solomon's heart was to worship the Lord that night God appeared to Solomon and said to him ask me for whatever you want me to give you that's crazy whatever you want Solomon like anything and when God offers it it's done deal right Solomon answered God, you have shown great kindness to David, my father, and have made me king in this place. Now, Lord God, let your promise to my father, David, be confirmed. For you have made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I might lead this people. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? God said to Solomon, since your heart's desire and you have not asked for wealth or possessions or honor, nor for the death of your enemies, and since you have not asked for a long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I have made you king, therefore wisdom and knowledge will be given you and I will also give you wealth, possessions, honor, such as no king who was ever before you has had and none after you will have. And so Solomon goes to God and he's like, you know what, what I need more than anything, Lord, you've made me king. I know that you're the one who's made me king. I know that you've given me this possession and you've made me ruler over all your people, but more than anything, I just, I need your wisdom. I need your help, God. I, I, I need help in governing the people. And he doesn't ask for wealth and he doesn't ask for long life and he doesn't ask for victory over his enemies. And the Lord, he was so pleased with Solomon's request. And he says, I'm gonna give you all that anyway because he didn't ask for it, Solomon. It's a beautiful heart because you have a heart for others. I'm gonna give you all of the things that you would have desired. 
but the thing he desired most was wisdom. And James chapter one, verse five says this, and, and I want you to hear this as a promise to you. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously. He gives generously. He'll give you a ton of wisdom. And he says to all without finding fault. He doesn't say to some people, or he doesn't say to all the people who are like perfect. He says to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. That's like a promise of God. Mm -hmm. And that part in James comes after he talks about trials. Mm -hmm. So that's very interesting because this wisdom's daily wisdom. Like ask mm -hmm. daily. So there's you're up against a trial, you're up against a situation. Ask me, ask the mm -hmm. Father. And you know what, what this shows? It shows humility. Well, well, Carrie, well, I, I don't need to ask. He knows my heart. Mm. Don't do that to a father who, who wants relationship with you. He wants to. He wants you to ask to prove your hu humility and your dependence on him. See, wisdom, true wisdom, comes with humility. Yeah. And in, in James goes on in James three to say this. There's two types of wisdom. He goes in chapter 3, verse 13, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, again, his deeds. By deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you har harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it's earthly. Mm -hmm unspiritual and of the devil mm. for where you have envy and selfish ambition there you find disorder and every evil practice but you hear this see selfish ambition would have been riches and honor yeah. and long life and the death of my enemies yeah. you see that and, and the lord knows that we want that that's what we selfishly go to in the world's eyes i want to be so successful but the lord says this then but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, mm. pure, then peace-loving. Do you see that? Mm. Because so I want to govern this body of people. Like I, I yeah. The, secondly, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Look at that definition of wisdom that's from heaven. I've memorized that, I put it, like it's gotta be pure, is the motive? Like I ask myself first when I'm coming with things to God, like why am I asking that? I'm like, oh. Like I can bust myself out of selfish ambition first because I'm like, uh, 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 selfish, selfish, selfish. Is this for some someone else, pure? And then peace loving. Am I wanting this so that I can restore peace in a relationship? Right. It's peace loving. Imagine our society with wisdom that comes from heaven. Peace loving, impartial, full of mercy, considerate and submissive. Do we have that going on in our society? And the Lord's like, I want to rule and reign just like I did in Solomon, in us, in our marriage, in our family. It's beautiful. We need to ask daily. That's right. Daily. And there's those two types of wisdom that are talked about there. The godly wisdom and the worldly wisdom. Yeah. And they're two different things. 
So we need to be so conscious of, of what it is we're watching and we need to evaluate when we're watching and hearing things. Is that is that God's wisdom or is that the world's wisdom? Because yeah. I don't want to grab onto the wisdom of the world. It might sound good, it might sound right, but it's not going to lead me closer to God and it's not going to lead me in the way that the Lord has for me to go. Mm -hmm. In fact, First Kings says this about Solomon. Solomon loved the Lord. I love that. Solomon loved the Lord walking according to the instructions given him by his father David. And it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. God wasn't a stranger to Solomon. Mm -hmm. Solomon spoke with the Lord. He he loved the Lord. He talked with the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, Proverbs 9:10, and this is written by Solomon. Proverbs, remember, he wrote this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Solomon saying, you want understanding? It's knowledge of the Holy One. It comes from Scripture. Mm -hmm. It comes from the Word of God. It comes from knowing the Word. And again, we're just encouraging you guys. And we're just so encouraged by how many of you are going through the Bible in one year because you're knowing God more. You're learning about God. You're, you're learning to love Him and you're learning to fear Him. And the fear isn't like a runaway scared from Him fear. It's just like awesome falling on our knees in his presence overwhelmed by his glory and captivated by his grace and it's when we come to this point when we realize that it's a god who who like created the whole universe with with a word that 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 he would choose us and that he would love us and that 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 grace would come to us and that's that's the beginning of wisdom when we gain this understanding we gain an understanding of who God is. That's that's the beginning of wisdom. Mm -hmm. That's the fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Now I wish I could tell you that Solomon spent his entire life loving God and worshiping and in perfect union with God, but that wasn't the case. And I know this is gonna ring true with some of us as well. It's, as Solomon got older, he allowed himself to become a little distracted by things of the world. Because the Lord gave him wealth. The Lord gave him riches. The Lord gave him this amazing kingdom. The Lord gave him everything that he promised he would give him. And the scripture tells us that he married 700 wives and 1,300 concubines. But then the scripture also said this, the wives worshiped other idols and he allowed himself to be led astray. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And see, God had given this commandment to Moses. And so these teachings, this word of God helps give us discre discretion and just distinguish what's good and evil. And, and the Lord knew that he created women as and to be a gift, to be given to a man. A gift, that's right. Oh boy, um, and and he knew it. It was apple of his eye when he brought them together, Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. But he gave this directive to Moses, even for the king. He said, "The king he must not take men in." Sorry, Deuteronomy 17, uh, verse 17. He's giving this to Moses a thousand years before. The king must not take many wives, or his heart will be led astray. He must not accumulate large amounts of silver and gold. And then he says this, when he takes the throne of his kingdom, he is to write down for himself on a scroll a copy of this law taken from the priests. Hmm. 
and it is to be with him and he is to read it all the days of his life <laughs> that he may learn to revere the Lord his God and follow carefully all the words of this law and decrees. And I was so moved by this because this is the king in highest position. And he's saying daily, you know what I want you to do? I want you to write, I know some of our elders are writing out the word of God by hand. I know in Israel, they write it out. It's a way they meditate and memorize it. He's like, write it out so that you have it yourself. I want you to read it every day. Like just daily put this in your heart and mind and be careful, distinguish what's good and bad. And, and those women, if you have too many of them, you're going to be led astray. Yeah, that's right. And that's exactly what happened to Solomon. And yeah. I see it even in our society and, and even with women. Mm. Don't lead on other guys. Mm. Don't do it. Mm. You reap what you sow. You have your eyes for one. And you keep pouring into that. And you keep asking God to keep making your marriage sweeter mm. and more intimate. And for men that are distracted by so many women, I, that's a full-time stressful job. Like when I think of so many women and trying to please so many women, and I think of, I think of the way the internet is taking over even young men and young women now. Like there's just a device that's, that's eating away at their life. And I'm saying the Lord's trying to help us with using discretion and and in Titus it says that the grace of God helps us it says this for the grace of God that brings salvation comes to us it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled upright and godly lives in this present age you can't do it on your own we can't keep just beating down our flesh we need that spirit of wisdom that says Carrie that is not good for you Carrie, don't entertain that. Carrie, don't flirt with that. Carrie, don't give that a second look. Carrie, don't even let, let's let that go. Mm, amen. And so he teaches us yeah. that, no, it's not good for you. I don't want it for you. Solomon, I don't want it for you. Yeah. You know, and, and so at that midlife, just like Roger's talking, I want you to catch, capture this too in context because it was seven years to build the temple. It was 13 years for him to build his palace. That's 20 years of reign. You can read it for... Kings 11, that's when he really starts for the rest of those, uh, the remaining 20 years of his life, it starts to fall apart and his sons start to, and you know what that is? I was thinking of it. It's a midlife crisis. Don't blow this off. Don't yeah. belittle it. Don't make, because when you're 40, when you're 50, that would have been Solomon. Like he, you kind of question maybe a lot of things. Like, do I still have it? Do I still have this? Do I still have that respect and honor? And, and you're trying to find it through horses and chariots and cars. And, and, and Solomon gives in to the, the worldly ways of wisdom. Mm. And we're going to be starting a mini series three weeks in Ecclesiastes next week. But the beautiful thing is, at the end of Solomon's life, fully comes back to the Lord. I don't want to ruin our series that's, that's yeah. coming up, but, but he does return to God. Yeah. But there's something even more beautiful I need to share with you before we go. And I know we're sort of getting to the end here, but we have someone greater than the wisdom of Solomon that's available to us. You know, Jesus, he was talking and, and in the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 42, uh, Jesus is talking about the queen of the south 
which is uh, the, who came to visit Solomon to see all his riches and wisdom and all that. And he says this, the Queen of the South will rise at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom. And now something greater than Solomon is here. Mm. And Jesus is saying that. Mm. He's saying, Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived. But now something greater than Solomon. Something, it's actually someone. Mm. Jesus was talking about himself. And I think what an understatement, someone greater, greater than Solomon. Jesus is so much greater. I mean, Solomon spoke with God's wisdom, but Jesus is the wisdom of God. Others had spoken truth, but Jesus is the truth. Others had pointed the way to life, but Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Others had offered God's forgiveness, but Jesus is the only one who bought our forgiveness by his death and sacrifice on the cross. And to know and to love and to follow Jesus is the greatest wisdom. I just want you to know that it's the greatest wisdom that you can have. And so when God had made that covenant with David and said, Solomon's going to build my house for me, he said this promise, I'll be a father to Solomon and he'll be my child. And I'll never take my love from him. And Jesus came and he allowed 12 just ordinary people to see his wisdom every day and the grace that would heal, that would stand up, that would speak, that was just such an amazing teacher. Can you imagine walking with him all this time? And he says to his 12 as he's leaving, I'm not gonna leave you as orphans. I'm, right. I'm gonna give you a spirit. And so, so often we're like, his words were like, go make disciples. But I don't want us to get ahead of the Lord in this because he was with them for 40 days after he was resurrected. Mm -hmm. And what did he say? He said, you wait until you receive the spirit from on high. Mm -hmm. That's gonna lead you, he's gonna tell you all things. You're You're gonna hear everything I hear. You're gonna do even greater things. He was so excited. Just wait until you have the spirit. You're clothed with my spirit, my Holy Spirit, and you'll know it. And when that spirit of wisdom came upon them, there was this humility, but this confidence that came over them that realized that his promise was true, that he would never leave them nor forsake them. And that kingdom not only came upon them now to rule and to reign with what? With peace and joy and wisdom. You step into those situations now, you you be not afraid, but you offer godly wisdom in that counsel now. You display me to the the ends of the world and lo, I will be with you always, Mm -hmm. even to the end of the age. Amen. Can I say, you might be asking yourself, how do I really live this out? And you know what? It comes by all the ways that we've been talking. It comes just by relationship with God. And you know, Paul had this desire for the church. And this is one of the prayers of Paul that we read in Ephesians 1 verse 17. He says, I keep asking 
I keep asking, he keeps praying. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation mm -hmm. so that you may know him better mm -hmm. and know what he desires better. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting, it's not just wisdom. Wisdom is amazing. But he even goes one step further and he says, spirit of wisdom and revelation, that God would reveal things to you, that he would reveal his will to you, that he would reveal his love to you, that he would reveal who he is to you, that he would reveal his grace to you, that we would step into our relationship with God and it would be one of revelation, one of wisdom, that we would grow in our, in our understanding of who he is because he shows us, he keeps showing us daily who he is. And it's so beautiful and I want to, pray that for you as as we end i want i want you just now where you are just to hold open your hands just as a sign to god that you're wanting to receive what he desires to give you remember this is paul's prayer and carrie and i are just going to pray this for you so father we just come to you right now in the name of jesus christ and we pray for your spirit to fall on all who are listening to this message, to your message. We pray a spirit of wisdom, a spirit of revelation, that you would continue to show yourself to your people, that you would show us your desires, to show us what you want, that you would give us specific revelation so we know what your will would be each and every day, that we would walk on this day by day and minute by minute basis with you, and we would walk in, in, in just understanding of what it is you desire because your spirit just keeps speaking that to us. So Lord, I pray your spirit would fall heavy, like a like a sheet like a like a waterfall on your people that you would fall on them now and that you would give exactly what your word says a spirit of wisdom and revelation oh jesus we thank you for the sacrifice that you gave us that we can come with confidence now to enter the throne of grace and find mercy to help us in our trials in our heartaches, in, in the unknown things that lie ahead of us, that you're with us, Lord, and you desire to give us your wisdom, your wisdom, not yes, ours. Lord. And so, Father, we agree together. We just place before you our situation, whatever that is. We, we just place that before our Father right now. And Lord, in these situations, just speak that. these situations and these prayers offered to you father would you open the eyes of our heart by the power of your spirit that they'd be enlightened to see the way you want us to walk in that lord we would sense your presence afresh your peace loving considerate impartial spirit of wisdom that will guide us that will lead us and that will love us love us love that knows no bounds and so father we just say thank you that your spirit dwells now within us not in a temple but in our dwelling in our hearts so give us wholehearted devotion even again now and a willing mind to serve you that we would be strong and courageous from this day forward in jesus holy name
This is the air I breathe This is the air I breathe This is the air I breathe This is the air This is the air I breathe This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. This is the
pass without you And desperate for you I'm lost without you I'm lost without you come from my passion simply came in a broken time when I'm single and I'm desperate and I look at the words that say I can ask for wisdom daily whether it be business or parenting and that I have a father who won't find fault and trust me I had so many faults it was embarrassing that he would give generously wisdom and he did constantly over and over again and it's one thing for it to be personal to you, but then when it starts affecting your children, you start to realize, wow, wow. And so when Bria would come home as a young girl and being bullied, and as a single parent, I'm like listening to the story, just cringing, being like, I need to make an appointment for the teacher. But then I realized in the quietness that we needed to sit in our chair. We had this chair to which we would sit together and just like we're talking to a father. And I would hold her and we would pray. And that was our chair and our time. And we gave it to the Lord and asked for wisdom for Bria. She was in grade three. Would you give her wisdom, Lord, and how to deal with this? Would you protect her as a dad? The next day, I'm anxiously awaiting for her to come home. What happened? Do I need to go talk to the teacher? Mom, you're not going to believe it. We asked for wisdom and the Lord gave me wisdom. I just invited her. I'll call her Jen. I invited Jen to come build the snow fort rather than destroying it all the time to be part of our team. And so she joined in, Mom. We built the best snow fort ever. In a kid. And we ask. And so that spills over to our youngest, our adult, who has this courage now. Who gave her this courage to live in a different country, to live in a different state with people she doesn't know and how she doesn't know, in a school she doesn't know, to be a doctor in a profession that she's just learning. And as I leave her there, I know the power of the Word of God to meditate on it, to memorize it, to trust it. When all else fails, and flesh will fail you, but a father who's full of wisdom never will. And so I left her with this verse. I went and bought this so it would hang in her room. And she would look from her bed and be able to see it day and night, night and day. That the words of the father to our kids, to our grandkids, would be to be strong and courageous. Do not be discouraged. And do not fear for he will be with them. He will be with you and he's with us. That's his promise. Do you believe that? I believe that with everything I am because of who he is. Rejoice with me, rejoice.